We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, this edition brought to you by the FFPC. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined as always by my co-host, the co-owner of Rotoviz, it is Mr. Sean Siegel. Um, pulling back the curtain, I like to, when I'm wrong, I like to let the people know I'm wrong. Um, on this occasion, we've uh, been trying to set this recording up over the last 30 or so minutes, and uh, I got a new laptop just uh, at Christmas time, and I didn't actually realize there's a button on it to mute the microphone. So uh, this, this one, uh, hopefully it's going gonna, it's gonna to be worth the wait. Uh, obviously, as we mentioned on the previous show, we have two weeks between most of our editions now in the off-season. But uh, as always, Sean's bringing it strong today. So looking forward to talking through many topics. Sean, the last time we talked was just a week prior to the Super Bowl. We were both looking for the Rams to come out on top on that. Obviously, that didn't happen first. The Patriots came out on top in a, in a very low-scoring encounter. How have things been for you over the, the last two weeks? Well, it's it's been it's been nice. We've got a lot of exciting things happening with the site that we'll talk about here in a minute. And those two weeks have, have given us a chance to, I think, shake off a little bit of that Super Bowl, which, frankly, uh, there was some excitement to it. I mean, obviously, it's a, a competitive game, but... That was more like a Dolphins-Jets kind of game than a Super Bowl. And so, you know, obviously frequent listeners know that I'm a huge Chiefs fan. Didn't have a lot of enthusiasm about the Super Bowl going into that. Then you get that kind of game. Certainly, I think there are a lot of us and, and, you know, our sort of other selves out in those alternate universes. I'm excited for them. A lot of people getting to enjoy a Chiefs 
Saints Super Bowl in those universes. And I think that probably ended up being a much more exciting game. So, you know, hopefully some folks out there got to see a real fun Super Bowl. Obviously, those of us here were subjected to Patriots Rams, which was about as bad as it gets. Yeah, and uh, as I mentioned on the last show, when you're when you're watching these games uh, in Ireland, you're you're dealing with it um, a couple of hours, you know, five hours different to the East Coast, eight eight hours different uh, than on the the West Coast side of things. So th- that uh, game was you know getting into the fourth quarter around two a.m. here, so <laughs> it was a uh, it wasn't the most entertaining in terms of staying up, but we we continued to have a good time and have a party. But um, obviously. Um, that wasn't the most exciting game but from a defensive point of view very very fascinating just to see how it played out but again from fantasy point of view we're always looking at how things can be exciting from a scoring perspective so an, an interesting Super Bowl but I don't think it's one that'll live that long in the memory outside of uh, those defensive enthusiasts uh, among us but Sean there's lots of exciting stuff to talk about for what's going on with Rotoviz over the the last week and then over the the rest of the offseason into the 2019 season so let's jump into the second quarter discuss a little bit about what's going on with Rotoviz. So, Sean, in the second quarter, something I'm very excited about. I had heard some of the the news, you know, behind the scenes over the last couple of weeks, and uh, then obviously it's been made official over the last kind of couple of days, maybe a week and a half. And very exciting news: uh, people joining the team here. And I'll let you go through it in a little bit more detail in a moment. But guys like Curtis Patrick, Travis May, and uh, uh, Mike Beers jumping aboard as well. So, you know, in terms of talent uh, i don't think you get much more talented across the fantasy industry uh, i know curtis patrick and uh, beers they're they're jumping back aboard again after having previously been with rotoviz but uh, amazing uh, people to have added to the team and i i know as well with the the rotoviz radio side of things uh, curtis patrick bringing some of his dynasty stuff across as well to the podcast channel so it's just going to be fan- fantastic uh, for us both from an audio point of view a written point of view and of course uh, with the apps then that Mike's ticking along as well but exciting times and you, you've been busy behind the scenes getting everything set up for the 2019 season yeah I I can't tell people just how excited I am there there have been a lot of of fantastic things I think for the site that that have happened over the last month and and really covering a wide variety of areas we had the lead writer announcement go out uh, a week and a half ago now moving seven of our writers to lead writer status, the guys who did a fantastic job uh, really carrying the in-season content, which I feel like was the best that we've ever had here each year. The in-season content gets that little bit better, and, and we're obviously looking to continue to develop there. Had four other writers announced as, as featured writers for the combination of in-season work and some things that they were doing behind the scenes to really help us out. Also, on sort of the management side, uh, Anthony Shook and Jim Clute have been doing a great job with the apps. They're going to be even more involved this year. We have a new box score scout, which will debut shortly, allow you to do all that prospect analysis that uh, is is so fun at this time of the year. Uh, then Dave Cabin, obviously a, a big part of, of Rotoviz Radio. Blair Andrews also involved with the report. Uh, those guys, Dave is our senior fantasy analyst, Blair, our managing editor. They're going to be more involved with the decision-making process year, this year, and they were big parts of, of how successful our 2018 is. So it's it's been great to have them be so involved with the decision-making process. And with those people involved, I have to give them a lot of credit for the things that, that we're doing here. And, and you mentioned Curtis Patrick coming on as the 
new director of marketing and social media, you know, very exciting there, obviously making those connections with people in the industry. Curtis has already done three or four fantastic things just in the last week and a half. So, you know, that's a, a great development for us. Travis May is going to be helping us build out the developmental dynasty and college football element of the site. And we have some tremendous writers in this area. One of our lead writers, uh, Jordan Hoover, has done fantastic work on the college football side. And, you know, the the team that we're building here is, is going to be very exciting. Travis brings a little bit of a scouting perspective too, which will be interesting to, to sort of marry and merge with the metric-based research that that we really rely on and focus on. So what we'll have in terms of the January, February, March time period, you know, going forward is, is just going to be really cool. And then, you know, this week we've got a lot of best ball starting up and to have best ball starting and to have Mike Beers back involved with Rotoviz is just really cool. Uh, his tools are going to be on the site. If you haven't had a chance to play with those tools, you'll want to sort of stay tuned over the next week, week and a half as we get those up and running those tools are worth the price of the subscription by themselves. The Roster Construction Explorer really helps you. Uh, you can you can explore this and look at different ways to construct your roster uh, in, in a lot of detail. You know where you draft your running backs, where you draft your wide receivers, how many you pick. You know how that fits in with those. Uh, more limited positions of QB, tight end, defense, you know, what the perfect formulations are to really boost that win rate. Because you, you can go through, you can use this tool, figure out ways to jump your win rate from that 6-7% range into that 11-12% range. And very straightforwardly, that makes a huge, huge difference. You know, we've talked on the show a little bit uh, in the past and just how lucky I have been in the MFL 10 of death using zero running back approaches the last four years and that approach you know using some contingency based drafting you know having some of the top player win rates that all comes into play but a lot of what i have done and we've talked about this on the site when i go through sort of my best ball uh, blueprint for any given year that background that blueprint relies on things that mike has presented on the site in the past and research that he has done. So we're going to have this tool on the site. I'm going to have, and just in playing with it for a couple of hours, I had 10 to 15 articles that you know were very clear on different types of specific theses that we could look at and explain how to really boost your best ball winning potential. So Again, I, these are these are exciting additions to the team. Uh, potentially more coming, and so it's just it's a very exciting time for Rotoviz. And and like you mentioned, the Dynasty Command Center podcast is coming over to Rotoviz Radio. So Curtis and Travis will be on with the team uh, in that capacity as well. So you know your Rotoviz Radio will continue to get better, also. Yeah, and we're um, just behind the scenes working today um, with Curtis on setting up uh, that new channel on 
the podcast network so uh, i believe the plan is to roll those out from next week uh, if not next week the following week so plenty of dynasty content coming your way on road of his radio uh, you also mentioned as well with the the apps we will obviously be talking about them when the best ball season is coming into play and obviously today's show brought to you by the ffpc so those apps will come in perfectly well uh, when i do our little uh, sponsored read in a moment the other part with it is when i always go to twitter around best ball season the two people that i tend to look to are former road of his uh, apps expert and that's uh, josh adhd or josh uh, hornsby who you'll see doing great work in terms of best ball the other one is mike beers who uh, you should be following if you're in to best ball and that is at beers water on twitter two of the, the best in the business when it comes to that sort of stuff so we'll be talking in a moment about some of the work that uh, curtis has done already on the site we'll be looking through his article and breaking down the Browns running back situation and we'll be doing that right after this hello road of his fans allow me a brief second to tell you about our good friends at the ffpc the home of season-long high stakes fantasy football while it may be the off season for most people it definitely is not for our listeners here uh, to the road of his podcast network or for the players over at the ffpc if you're a diehard who's ready to draft now the ffpc best ball leagues are already open for the 2019 seasons with drafts starting daily and also from the entry fee price of 35 dollars if you're a fan of dynasty and obviously we've touched on dynasty so far on the show and i'm a big dynasty enthusiast over the last few years the ffpc has become the go-to destination for serious dynasty players there are now almost 300 active dynasty leagues starting at just 77 dollars and even leagues with a five thousand dollar entry fee so if you are feeling that way inclined head on over to some of the high stakes leagues over there the best part not a single dynasty league has folded over the last nine years limited orphan teams are available to purchase right now ahead of the 2019 season and also brand new startup dynasty leagues are opening shortly as well don't miss out on the ffpc experience go to myffpc.com and register now that is my ffpc the home of season long high stakes fantasy football This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. You shouldn't go to Barnes & Noble and buy 10,000 books just so you can build a book fortress and yell out, I am your book leader. You shouldn't buy 147 copies of War and Peace, stuff them inside turkeys and serve them at Thanksgiving as terbookens. And you definitely shouldn't buy up all the copies of Dork Diaries, causing the neighborhood kids to stage a protest in your front yard. But you could. Because at the Barnes & Noble Book Hall, you can get over a 1,000 titles for 50% off. Stock up at your local Barnes & Noble. Turbukins are fictitious and should not be cooked at home. So, Sean, as we head into the third quarter, uh, I mentioned Curtis done a piece this week in regards to the Browns' backfield, I guess. You know, the main news this week in terms of the Browns has been that Kareem Hunt has signed with the team, although it is unknown yet as to, you know, what suspension he will face. He likely will miss some of the season uh, this upcoming 2019 season, but we'll see how that shakes out. But, 
he, he had an interesting piece breaking down you know the backfield now with Chubb with Duke Johnson um, and of course as well with Cream Hunt in the mix and breaking it down to what we expect to happen and how their values are changed so obviously uh, Chubb was somebody who both of us were very high on um, early in the season he was behind Carlos Hyde then Hyde obviously was moved on to the Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, Chubb had kind of his breakout run down the stretch and Duke Johnson had a little bit of an improved role although not what we would have expected in the preseason Johnson is under contract until 2021 um now with Hunt on the scene obviously I would probably expect him to miss at least you know six games this season um if not more but how do you think this signing is going to affect Chubbs um you know in, in terms of this season um and I, I think this might open up a little bit of a window to possibly go and try and make that offer to buy Chubb now because I still think long-term Chubb is uh, an outstanding dynasty asset at the running back position. Right, and we saw that Chubb scored 17.7 points per game uh, with Kitchens calling the plays. And so you're looking at, especially with that being a rookie, and potentially anticipating some development in that scoring in that role going forward. Obviously, for him to continue to... Uh, jump into that very top tier he would need to catch more passes only two and a quarter receptions from that point and so he's fairly touchdown dependent and then you get into the situation where kareem hunt is a very similar player right both guys uh, have limited long speed although they have created quite a few big plays so far in their nfl career so there's the potential to where you might be skeptical that they can continue to create all of those splash type plays but fantastic runners at the point of contact fantastic balance can break through that first contact uh, and are going to be that sort of first down second down goal line type of back so the overlap with these two players is almost complete in terms of what you would see as the role now this is such a unique situation I mean, as you mentioned with expecting the suspension uh it really is not the kind of deal where you would expect both of these guys to go out this coming season and play a lot together, right? You're going to be expecting Chubb to have the bulk of the workload again during that time period of the suspension. You know, once you come back with Hunt, if in fact he's eligible at all next year, then I would expect him to be the backup. And what you're really looking at now as a Kareem Hunt owner, and Curtis talks about this, is just I mean, you're looking for that Chubb injury, which we always talk about with zero running back, that none of us are, are rooting for injuries. And so I, I don't think that this is great for Hunt. It was one of the last places Curtis wanted to see him. I think it's one of the last places that a lot of people wanted to see him, in part because he had that receiving value in the Andy Reid offense, but he was not as involved as you might have guessed based on what Andy Reid does. So you move to an offense here where the running back is likely to be less involved, and then you also are moving into a situation where most of us hope that Chubb can develop a little bit in that area. You do have Duke Johnson. So I think the first thing you need to see for either of these guys is you do need to have Johnson leaving in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Even though he doesn't score that many points, you can't have him in the mix with these other two guys curtis points out that you know we have the fantastic player usage app that jim built last year you can go in there and look and uh, kitchens is not using a third running back hardly at all now he mentions the small sample size obviously that is true uh, but his mentor bruce arians uh, over a, a 14 season sample uh, his running back two is not a big score and running back three you know hardly involved at all so 
obviously these guys, they come out, you become your play caller on your own. You become a head coach. You know, you develop your own mentality, your own relationship with the players, the play calling, and you use the personnel that you have. And so he could perhaps go about this differently, but I don't think there's a great way to spin this, that this is good for anyone involved, except perhaps if you're in a league with Chubb on a different team and that owner is panicking, then I think you could make a move here because especially for the first half, Nick Chubb should still be a top scorer. Now, whether he is a true running back one with as many points as those top running backs are scoring and his limitations in the receiving game, you know, I don't know that that he's going to get to that level. But if you can get him as a discount with Hunt now part of this team, then I think that you try to do that. Honestly, though, I, I wouldn't expect that there will be that many of those scenarios at play. Nick Chubb owners are going to have a really hard time selling him after what he did the second half of last season. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. The, the other part that's interesting, I mentioned the contract that Johnson has. It'll be interesting to see if the team might look to uh, move him. Obviously, it's going to depend on what they think the situation would be with Hunt. But, you know, from an NFL perspective, in terms of what you're trying to do in the backfield and, you know, running backs do get injured. So trying to have somebody like Hunt there as insurance um, is, is a smart move, I think. Uh, it's just the, the situation, obviously, with what happened off the field with him uh, is a, a major concern. So we'll see what happens from that perspective. It'll be interesting. And I think there is a possibility they may look to move Johnson. I kind of see Hunt as a, a player who's kind of fits in between. He's more of a hybrid. He can do uh, the pass catching role, and he can also do the the running downs. And the other guys are more one one sided in terms of their attributes. So uh, I'm still I'm still kind of though I'm in on hub and on hub and on chub heading into the season. I think as you mentioned, it'll be tough to to get those deals, but I think those deals will be a, a little bit cheaper. And I think if you are uh, a Hunt owner. I think in terms of his value, we, we may we may be at the the peak here in terms of like if a, a suspension's looming, uh, the value would obviously drop again then. So that this might be a smart time to to move Hunt, um, uh, but I'm still I'm still all aboard Chubb in terms of beyond this season um, uh, and looking ahead to that. So an interesting perspective. The Browns certainly are a much much more interesting team um, than they had been you know over the previous five years. Next season's going to be very very interesting to see how it goes there for them so jumping into the fourth quarter now sean i want to look at a piece that hassan done up on the website hassan rahim and it's always you know one of my favorite people to, to read work from on a weekly basis um he was looking at 2018 pythagorean wins and um, he's kind of looking at where some teams and some players in particular might regress um when it comes to 2019 so players who had good years but you know there's there may be certain reasons why they have overachieved and may not be able to do it um, when it comes to the 2019 season was there any players in it Sean that that stood out for you I always find these kind of pieces they're a little bit in terms of trying to to work them out and, and do the actual research myself sometimes I find it can be a bit too complex for myself but I, I really love uh, reading the pieces when the guys have, have the work done yeah Hassan points out here and and it's kind of it's a lot of fun to look at the Dolphins and Adam Gase especially now with Gase uh, moving on to a new team and seeing how that will work but the Dolphins have outperformed their win expectation for three seasons in a row and 18 of their 23 victories have come by a single score more impressively they were 18 and 6 in one score games over the last three seasons in in this most recent season they won all but two of their games by one score so 
when you have a, a very small average margin in victory, but you lose five games by 19 or more points, uh, this is a situation where we should expect the Dolphins to uh, take a step back. And even though they've got an exciting new head coach, you've got the head coach who just uh, really made his name by shutting down the Chiefs in the first half of the AFC Championship game, shutting down the Rams in the Super Bowl. But there's going to be some work to do here with the Dolphins. And uh, I don't think that they have a lot of fantasy guys that are interesting in any way, shape, or form. This, this has the look of a complete rebuild on the offensive side of the ball. Do you have any Dolphins skill players that you're targeting? not really heading into it you know depending on where the value starts to shake out later in it and um, we'll see but there's a lot of players who have disappointed on this team over the last couple of seasons i know i i was you know quite positive about uh, Devontae parker you know when he came into the league and then obviously that that enthusiasm has got less each and every season that he's been in the nfl but you know there, there's players there that maybe we can get excited about but even looking back to last season we were looking at you know these players that could have nice seasons based on basically that there was no other players there that we expected to do a huge amount and um, so it's not it's not that there's a lot to get excited about there obviously we'll see what happens with the quarterback position that there, there's just not a lot to, to get excited and like you mentioned I think there's going to be a regression I think the part that stands out for me is like Adam Gase I know there was kind of a meme made out of when he arrived with the Jets in the interview and how he was looking around the room but you know I think when it comes down to the bottom of it I think Adam Gase is a lot better coach than people give him credit for I think he was in a tough situation in Miami I think he outperformed like what obviously basically what Hassan has proved here outperforming what he was his ability or what the players that he had so I think when we look at it I think it's a good move for the Jets in terms of getting Gase in there but I, I think we'll see a regression here there's nobody really on this team that excites me all that much and then the players who we may have had some you know um, excitement about somebody like a Kenyon Drake then obviously didn't really do what we thought he would do last season so is there, I, I, I'm pretty much probably certain that you feel similar but is there anybody in Miami that's getting you excited there's nobody really there for me no I don't think so and and certainly the situation with Gase is is complicated because we can also look at it of if he gets a little bit less lucky in some of those games in terms of how the the final margin works out win loss wise then not only is he not being hired by the Jets but perhaps he is out of the NFL entirely we look at another team in that same division and Hassan points out that the Bills were a regression candidate given that they had won three more games than they should have the previous season and in what was a shock to absolutely no one they did fall back to six and ten this year but he also points out a bright spot which is that in the games that Josh Allen played they were almost a seven win team whereas in their other games in terms of expectation they were down at just over two Josh Allen on the other hand could be this exciting player take a step forward obviously unless you're in a two qb league those quarterbacks you know that's not a a high value position but allen could be one of those guys you draft really late you get the qb1 maybe the low end qb1 scoring from and you know can really continue to dedicate your picks to to other positions do you have some enthusiasm about allen and, and looking at 2019 yeah the thing i think with alan is i think even if he doesn't like accuracy has been something that's been talked about him a lot i think even if he has the issues where he's not putting up a lot of passing yards per game i think you know it's a situation where he's doing enough on the ground that we've seen and obviously teams will start the game plan to take that away more but there's only so much you can take away so 
if, if it's a case where he's dropping back and he's scrambling a couple of times a game you know picks up 30 yards per game then has a passing touchdown there's always gonna be the chance now for him to have rushing touchdowns as well i think there's a safe floor there if you're taking him you know as a, a later round quarterback i think it's it's definitely an option i think we'll probably be in a situation that'll come you know draft time where people start to get a little bit too much hype on him i think he does have his you know negative sides as a quarterback i don't expect him to ever be a you know a real top level nfl passer so i think that's always going to hold him back but we have seen a lot of quarterbacks in the past be able to do it with uh, what they're doing on the ground and if you look at somebody like a lamar jackson who there's a lot of obviously scripted plays for him to run uh, if you look at you know how they both performed as passers this season there's probably not a huge amount of difference between them but there'll be a huge amount of difference i think between the hype for them both heading into this season and i think we'll probably end up seeing similar actual end results out of both of them so uh, it was interesting down the stretch as well to see how things shaked out in buffalo from a passing perspective we've seen him get uh, some more passing touchdowns as the the end of the season went on if you look at what he did in his rookie season in terms of uh peak games you know i, I believe there was a, a 40 point game in there 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 was a, a quite a, a large number of games that he was you know in the high teens to into the late 20s so i, I i'm i'm excited about you know trying to get him particularly in best ball leagues i think he's a, a very safe quarterback option to have there yeah, and you mentioned Jackson and jumping down to potential improvement candidates. Uh, Hassan points out that the Ravens were 10 and 6, but they did underperform their win expectation by quite a bit. They lost four of their six games by a single score. And, you know, it's always difficult to project teams to really be too far above 10 wins. 10 wins is a good number, but they had the third best win expectation in the AFC. They were an 11 win team with Jackson. Uh, just over a nine-win team with Flacco. Obviously, we know what direction that is going for 2019. This is Jackson's team. Are the Ravens the third best team now in the AFC outside of New England and Kansas City? And you mentioned the difference in the hype between Allen and Jackson, but just how excited should we be for Jackson in year two? I I really don't know with Jackson. You know, from a rushing perspective, the the sky's the limit. But from an actual passing perspective, I think there's a huge growth that's going to come in i know we often talk about somebody like cam newton and his passing ability and the limitations there but i i think even with newton when he came into the league he wasn't as raw in terms of a passing prospect as uh you know jackson like we we did see this year pretty much i know i know we had crabtree at a big game when it came to the playoffs against the chargers kind of later on in that game but if you look at in terms of wide receiver and pass catching production for that team once jackson became the quarterback that really disappeared so in terms of skill position players for uh the ravens this season i think it's going to be very limited and i think it's going to be outside of the running game it's going to be an offense i I stay away from i i think it's going to be a a huge issue for you know you know the pass catchers there like you know john brown i know i know flacco obviously has moved um or will be moving to the broncos but when he was in at the start of the season we've seen john brown have a little bit of a revival to his career since he he went there to the ravens but what we've seen then down the stretch was john brown just pretty much became invisible so do you have do you think like i I actually think there's more concerns with him in the passing game than there is with uh, josh allen how do you find that and how's that going to shake up for your kind of analysis as to how to value their skill position players heading into the season yeah so they it's gonna be tricky with him at the helm there aren't going to be as many passes you're going to be relying on some explosive plays and you have some guys like john brown for example who fill that sort of explosive play role but i think we still have to wait for the offseason here to really see what baltimore decides to do at the receiving position they made it work 
in the first half of the season with Flacco playing reasonably well. But this is really a wide receiving core that needs to be overhauled. And I think that they will do that as they look to put elite players around Jackson. Even if you're going to run an offense that is different than what most of the teams are doing, that is more run-oriented, that's more QB run-oriented, you still want to have that dynamic passing potential around him to open up the field. And I think that's what the Ravens will look to do this season. And frankly, it was more a matter of the lack of opportunities, the way that they did use so many runs because he's he's so dynamic with that. And I think that we can expect a little bit of development with him. He doesn't necessarily have to be in the same way that Josh Allen doesn't necessarily have to be the level of passer of a pure pocket quarterback. So I think from a fantasy perspective, obviously, we can be very excited. From a reality perspective as well, the Ravens have been an excellent team with him as the QB. I do think that they're the third best team in the AFC, and I would expect them to sort of cement that leadership atop their division, especially when you look at the turmoil that we're seeing uh, with the Steelers, you know, for example. So interesting developments there. I think exciting young quarterbacks uh, – in those environments and and certainly the ravens should be a lot of fun to watch yeah no i think it's, it's gonna be interesting there's a lot of things obviously that'll change between now and the season but some of those quarterbacks like a lot of teams I, I don't think there's as many teams looking for the actual quarterback of the future as we have seen over the last three or four years um you know the browns and the jets kind of have theirs there now the bills aren't looking for one at the moment with allen uh, so it's gonna be interesting to see how we start to value uh the players who are gonna be catching passes from some of those players because that could be something that's uh, of a little bit more concern as we get closer to draft season um is there any other things that stood out for you sean and the actual article in terms of um other teams that may have overachieved or other players that may have overachieved that we could see that regression uh, in 2019 well i i would just recommend people really go and, and check this work out by Hassan. It's, it's it's fantastic and it gives you a little bit of a sense of where you might see some changes how you might value some of the fantasy players based on what is actually going on here with the reality team uh, not necessarily an improvement candidate but one of the the teams that we consider talking about on the show were the titans obviously marcus mariota always that uh right on the verge sort of player and is going to be one of those controversial fantasy players not just for himself but how he affects his teammates going into 2019 so you know definitely check that out in the article as well so in overtime sean this week we're going to look at a piece by jordan hoover and we're looking at the top 10 prospects pre-combine obviously a lot of our focus over the next couple of months is going to be based on what we expect to happen for the nfl draft and this time of year we'll start to see players who maybe there isn't that much hype about at this stage but as the next kind of eight ten weeks go on we'll see them start to become more and more part of the the public eye in terms of draft prospects and where they'll be moving on draft boards but jordan's piece um you know breaking down the top 10 prospects is there and it, you know I, i'll admit I, i'm not a college football watcher and i get a lot of my information then through uh you know sources like like ourselves here at um Rotoviz, obviously and i like to break down as much as i can with the draft prospect series and things like that but is there anyone for you that's standing out you know that has excited you that could be a top 10 prospect this year well what i wanted to do here is really sort of try and pique the interest of uh, listeners to go check this article out as you mentioned jordan has been counting down the top 40 prospects he just recently has the top 10 
guys out there and in this top 10 it's evenly split five running backs five receivers so you can attack whatever positions you are needy at on your dynasty team i do think it's interesting that in the year after we just saw these huge numbers from christian mccaffrey that quite a few of the top backs are of that smaller variety and so you know will nfl teams take the plunge on them a little bit earlier uh, are they going to be drafted into situations where they're going to get enough of a workload early on McCaffrey one of the reasons why he's been able to show what he can do is that he was drafted so early that certainly in year two a little bit less in year one uh, he was going to be the guy there are some intriguing small backs in this class are any of them going to be drafted into a situation where they could be the guy or are they going to be secondary types of players then another interesting thing for the first time in a while we've had multiple elite running back classes the top three guys on jordan's board are all wide receivers and so with wide receiver depth always being important some of these dynasty leagues require you to play three receivers or more Uh, many leagues give you the opportunity to play six seven wide receivers Uh, this is a a chance where if you're at the top of the draft you know you could get your guy but then the final thing is that one of the top wide receivers on most boards is missing entirely from jordan's rankings and there there are some some good reasons for that so uh take your time uh go over check that out Uh, if you have an opportunity and you'll be quickly into your prospect research one of the cool things that jordan has done with this is he's linking to all of our individual articles on these prospects so you can see uh, the more detailed work that we've done on them and obviously blair continues to put out really cool uh, advanced metric pieces on you know how to value the different prospects we work them into these articles and so you're really going to get kind of a behind the scenes look at the best ways to beat your draft so i i strongly recommend that and then what we're going to finish with on the rapid fire version of overtime and we'll see if if Colum is ready for this i haven't completely explained to him what i'm going to do here we we have it down on the show sheet but not in a way that maybe he is completely prepared uh neil and court smith two of the guys who have just become lead writers for us are doing a series where they go through and use the rotoviz screener to grab the top comps from some of this year's rookies so you can go through you can see who the most comparable players are in a variety of metrics obviously production where the people are drafted size that kind of thing to try and get some top comps and then see where those guys uh performed as second year players to get a feel for you know what you might be expecting here so they've got these four interesting guys i'm going to ask colin to pick one of the comps to be the 2019 version of the player in question so we'll start here with traquan smith and the comps that we have for him are ashley lalee chris henry Devonte parker justin hunter who do you like traquan to be next year it's not a it's not a hugely exciting list can we pick somebody higher than this i, I know this is in terms of comparison um let's 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 go let's go justin hunter justin <laughs> so. H- well, if you're wanting the, the the bigger you know breakout kind of play you can go with lily and henry guys who uh if specific instances in their career hadn't occurred probably would have been stars you have more uh non-football reasons for them to have not broken out perhaps than football reasons 
Exactly, yeah. So, uh, but it's still it's not a list that's going to make it um, all that exciting. Now, Trek One had his splits this year where he had uh, some nice games, but not as much as we may have expected um, in the preseason. I know he was somebody that we did talk about. So uh, I'm going to stick to Justin Hunter, and you know, Justin Hunter was always somebody who we did think had the ability to to have a breakout and it never fully materialized. So uh, let's go with him. But the the actual journey to the top continues. Okay, we'll move to Robert Foster then, and three of the guys who stood out there are Hank Basket, David Nelson, and Mark Bowrichter. And I have to be honest, I when I first started playing fantasy football, I had four wide receiver formats, and this was far before you know anything to do with you know trying to promote zero running back or anything like that, uh, and required so many wide receivers in my fantasy league that I would run specifically so that someone could start Mark Bowrichter. Some listeners may not even recognize that name, but it's a 2002 season for him with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Sort of a a very much a flash in the pan, scored a bunch of touchdowns uh, during that Trent Green, Dick Vermeil, high-powered offense, and then obviously disappeared. So for Robert Foster, do you like him to go the Hank Basket, David Nelson, Mark Bullrichter route, or again, are you more enthusiastic than these comps suggest? <laughs> and uh, I'll be the first to admit that that's before my time uh, watching the NFL 2002. I was uh, 13 years old. And for the listeners out there who follow me on Twitter, I actually turned 30 uh, last week. So, um, you know, just it was a bit before my time for, for playing fantasy football. But uh, Foster's an interesting candidate because he did have that stretch in the middle of the season where he did put up nice uh, production, something that we probably didn't, ex- well, we definitely didn't expect him to do. Um, but it, I, I think there's a, a possibility that it goes good for him uh, heading into the season. Uh, I'm going to go with the the David Nelson comparison. <laughs> let's see, let's see how things shake out for Robert Foster. But um, uh, Foster's one of those ones who. I think he's a he's definitely a basketball candidate heading into 2019. Okay, and we'll start we'll finish today with a couple of tight ends who have similar comps. So we'll look at them together. You can pick out individual guys for them if you would like. But some rookie tight ends who perhaps outperformed what people expected and could be real sleepers for this upcoming season. We have Mark Andrews and Chris Herndon. Obviously, Andrews there have to deal a little bit with some competition from his own teammates at tight end and the Lamar Jackson uh, situation as the quarterback. But some of the comps we have for them are Tony Moiaki, again, a guy who uh, really saw his career sidelined by injuries, but then some big names in George Kittle, Zach Ertz, Jordan Reed, and then maybe the more sober uh, comparison in Dwayne Allen, who uh, looked to be off to a fast start and then his career really did uh, just stall out there who, who do you like for these two players you have different guys you, you you see here i think this one is a you know in terms of comparisons it's a more positive one than, than the other two i think uh, if you're looking at mark andrews i think he probably fits a little bit more into kind of the the kind of tony moyaki dwayne allen kind of role i have again i mentioned the concerns i have just in terms of who he's catching passes from um and then there's quite a large amount of tight ends in that tight end room down there in baltimore so out of the two of them the one i like best is chris hendron i think hendron probably fits into that kind of jordan reed mold i think he can be used 
um, in the red zone. And I think he's going to be somebody who can be a, a sneaky value heading into this season. He's definitely somebody who I targeted last season in DFS, and he's definitely somebody who I'm going to be targeting heading into drafts um, in 2019. So he is one that's definitely on my radar. Um, my concern just as with Andrews is the uh, the number of passes that he's actually going to catch. Yeah, and a lot of reason for optimism if you are a Sam Darnold fan. So uh, it's it's good to see some of those names there. Kittle obviously exploded in that second year. It took a little bit more time for Zach Ertz, but anybody who follows those paths, you would be very excited about to have in Dynasty and, and even, like you mentioned, in best ball this season. Absolutely. And uh, with that, I think we've, we've covered a lot of ground and uh, I've really enjoyed going through the stuff on today's show. So that's kind of going to wrap us up for today's edition of the show. As I mentioned, uh, exciting content coming over the off season and into the start of next season here on Rotoviz Radio. Among our shows, I mentioned the Dynasty Command Center coming over with Curtis Patrick. And then, of course, Rotoviz Radio uh, and all the other great shows that we'll have running through. We'll have a draft series and, and so on. So lots of stuff coming keep you interested so make sure you subscribe to all the, the different shows on the channel that's going to do it for today's edition of rotoviz overtime on rotoviz radio brought to you by the ffpc my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime my co-host is sean siegel who you can follow on twitter at ff underscore contrarian and with that until we're back with the next show have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy Decoy by Duckhorn. Elevate your occasion. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire.
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.